It's time for OWC Radio, Tech Talk with Creatives, Conversations with host Serena Catania. The very talented Thomas Nicholas is here with us today to talk about his life as an actor and musician. On Friday, February 12th, just a few days from now, the neo-noir crime thriller from Lionsgate, Adverse, is being released in theaters. Yep, in theaters. So you can go to Fandango and find out where you can see it, grab some popcorn, settle in, and take a wild ride through the night streets of Los Angeles. This film is directed by Brian Metcalf with a great cast that includes Thomas Nicholas, Mickey Rourke, Penelope Ann Miller, Sean Astin, Kelly Arjun, and Lou Diamond Phillips. Let's listen to the trailer. You eat the... Yeah. What do you do? I lend people money. There's a lot of foolish people who think they can take advantage of you. Some things get ugly. It's nothing personal. It's strictly business. May I remind you that these evaluations are part of your parole requirements. Amia, how's she doing? It's fine, I guess. What's she up to? Are you in some kind of trouble? I owe some money for some big drug lord. You better hurry up. You're actual psychopaths who enjoy killing and torturing. Give me my money. I cannot pay you. I said give me my money! You want to blame someone? Blame the ones who put the drugs in her hand. Just get the desk paid. This is your last chance. And your clock's punched. Your clock's punched. You do what you gotta do. I had a great conversation with Thomas. You know, it was one of those peek behind the curtain moments that I love, and I think you will enjoy it too. So welcome back. Let's listen in with Thomas Ian Nicholas. I'm, uh, I'm very excited. Uh, my new film, Adverse, is being released in theaters, if you can believe it, on February 12th. Socially distant, of course. We're all staying safe. But obviously, a lot of states have, you know, different regulations and rates of safety versus Los Angeles, which, you know, we're not doing very well here. But I'm very excited about this film. It's something very different for me as an actor. And I also uh, produced the movie. And yeah, I'm, I'm taking a, a turn into a more dramatic role as an actor then people are probably more familiar with me that's awesome so that brings up a lot of things we need to talk about first of all theaters how did you manage that that's tough right now everybody's talking about all the theaters being closed and so how wide is the release is it regional uh, or national or well our our plan always you know prior to even dealing with what we are right now 
was always to do a platform release, uh, you know, starting in like 50 theaters. And obviously, you know, if, if it kind of stays and, and does a nominally, then it would, you know, just move on to VOD. If it does better then it can expand. Uh, and that's, you know, sort of the, the basis of a platform release. So we're doing that. We're, we're hitting into 50 theaters as we had intended. Uh, I would say on, uh, back on January 7th, we got word from our, our, from the film buyer that a number of theaters had reopened because like I said, there's a lot of different rates of, in, of, of, you know, safety in different States, but we are being safe in the sense that like, no offense to Tennessee, we're not releasing into theaters that are allowing a hundred percent capacity. We're only releasing in those that are, you know, doing a limited capacity because, uh, you know, we want to be responsible filmmakers as excited as we are about being in theaters. Mm -hmm. So you joined the PGA when you started producing this movie, right? Welcome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Great group. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's my first time getting into a different union uh, outside of the Screen Actors Guild, which I've been in since, oh gosh, 1986. Um, but yeah, so thank you. Uh, one of my friends, or I had a couple of friends that, you know, were my, my sponsors into the PGA. And I thought that it was a good time on my, I gosh, my fourth or fifth film to really say, yeah, you know, I'm not just pretending to produce, I'm really doing this. Well, I think they have some pretty stringent requirements to get in, but once you're in, it's an amazing group of people, and some of your best friends are probably going to also come from the PGA. You've been in SAG after since the 80s. Talk to us about how you grew up, and then we're, we are going to get back to adverse, but I'm very curious about Thomas growing up. Where were you, and what was life like? Um, wow. Well, I've, I've grown up uh, in the Valley in Los Angeles uh, since the eighties, I, I was born in, in Vegas. Um, my mom grew up in San Jose. So we lived up in Northern California in Santa Cruz for a minute, but came down here. In fact, for my mom to pursue her career, uh, as an actor, um, and her sort of involvement in the business and doing things as a, a background casting director created some opportunities for me that gave me the experience. Cause it wasn't my mom pushing me toward it it was me getting her out of a jam uh <laughs> on on an independent film but then just loving being on set and that's what i love is i love the the energy that's on set uh you know just a group of people all focused on the same thing and it's it's kind of like a a momentary family it's like being on tour with my band it's the same kind of vibe a heightened reality so to speak. And I started pursuing it at that point and, you know, did, I, I paid my dues for sure. Gone on thousands of auditions to land, you know, the 50 or so jobs that I've had, uh, over, over the course of my career. You've done some great work. What was your very first part that you helped your mom with? Uh, that was a, oh man, I don't even know if I want to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> Taking you way, way back. Yeah, that was, uh, it was a very, very low, low budget indie movie with, with Jan Michael Vincent. And I, I played, I was just a, a background player. I played a featured 
background artist uh, as the altar boy. And that was how it, how it worked out. My mom got a call, I think late on a Sunday night, like at 10 PM. And they said, we need an altar boy tomorrow, 6 AM call on a Sunday night. So she woke (laughs) me up before school and said, you're coming to work with mom. (laughs) So that was, that was my introduction. And you're an altar boy. (laughs) Yeah. But but it's funny too, because, because that scene was more dramatic, like in the sense that, you know, there was these two cops and they were coming and there was like a drug bust and, you know, it was, you know, something pretty dramatic for, you know, I was six years old or, or so. And now I'm getting back into drama, even though, like I said before, I'm more known for my comedic work. Right. So what have you learned over the years that you want to share with other actors? What did your mom teach you? I mean, you must have learned a lot from her. She was casting, so she's probably giving you lots of good tips. And you've played opposite some amazing people. Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I'm still learning. So it's it's hard to be, to put myself in the position of what advice could I give? But I think for me, I, I've always been focused on, you know, just enjoying the ride and the journey. and you know, taking the the ups and the downs and and I've sort of abided by the idea that you're never as good as you think you are, but you're never as bad as they tell you you are. Um, so I just I just kind of st- stick to the to the journey. So you know, here I am, oh my gosh, thirty four years later, still uh, you know, still chasing the dream. And still smiling and still a nice guy. Everybody that I talked to before we started doing this interview, as I was setting it up, just talked about what a great guy you are. And that says a lot in a town like this. uh, That's probably why you work all the time. You know, it's important to be around people that you feel comfortable with and that are kind of vibing and you, you create those, those friendships. So talk to us about, adverse it's coming out in a couple weeks from now and what's it about um well adverse was written uh and, and, and created by my business partner uh brian a metcalf who also directed the film so we are producing partners in our company um so he he kind of came to me with this idea um to do a film we we had mainly done genre films before that and so this was the first time that he wanted to dip out of genre films into this drama. So he came to me with this storyline about a rideshare driver that discovers his sister is in debt to a dangerous crime syndicate. And, um, you know, he does what he can to get her out of trouble. Um, and so when I read the script... I thought, wow, this is an amazing character and and outside of, you know, my work that I've gotten to showcase. So, you know, Brian and I had uh, lengthy discussions about whether or not um, I was going to be able to pull off this role. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't the sort of thing where Brian's like, here's this crazy, you know, challenging role for you go get it it was uh, he was a little unsure so we we had several meetings it wasn't an audition so to speak but it was more like work sessions of of really working on and developing the character 
to the point where he felt comfortable that I was going to, you know, nail this performance. Um, and he had been studying for the last several years, um, studying Meisner techniques. And I had grown up with Stanislavski. So uh, at first I was a little trepidatious, but we ended up with a, a sort of a hybrid of the two worlds. And um, I wouldn't say that he tricked me into Meisner techniques, but uh, he definitely utilized that a lot in his directing style. And I was really surprised at, um, I don't know, how, how much it elevated my performance. And I was very thankful that he, that he tricked me. That's nice. Now, for people who are listening, because we have a, all kinds of people that listen to this show, tell them just really quickly what the difference is between Meisner and Stanislavski, because some people aren't going to understand that terminology. We do because we work in the business. <laughs> but And I actually was going to ask you about this, so I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, I mean, I would say for for me personally, because learning the the acting styles of Stanislavski, which is sort of the first offshoot of the method, and then Meisner is the second offshoot. So it's sort of like a copy of a copy. So Stanislavski is the copy and Meisner is viewed as the copy of the copy. Though a lot of people that are mainly Meisner would vastly disagree with me. But the, the Stanislavski method of, or the method acting is the focus of attention and, you know, uh, replacing, you know, so if you're doing a dramatic scene, you might think about a dramatic incident in your life that has no bearing on the scene, but you would utilize that emotion to bring it to the scene versus Meisner is about being in the moment and, and in rehearsal, you're repeating and repeating and repeating. And you would also have a focus of, of some sort of business. Like I might be doing this interview, but my focus of attention is drinking this water. So now I'm not thinking about what I'm saying to you. I'm thinking about drinking this water, which then brings you into a more natural state. And that was sort of how Brian got me in those moments is he would give my character a lot of business and then direct me to focus on that business, which is how he tricked me into Meisner technique. There's this whole thought of good guys playing bad guys. And how do you manifest that in the moment? Tell us about the part that you played and what was the most challenging for you? Brian really wanted to change everything about me. He didn't want he wanted me to walk as the character to sound different than myself and sound like the character to look different than myself. I mean, pretty much just completely change everything about me. And that was, you know, a distinct challenge because it's one thing to do things differently or make different choices uh, as a character, but it's another thing to envelop all of those things and do it in a way that is seemingly natural and consistent. And that was a lot of the work sessions that we, that we focused on was, you know, first of all, coming up with what those things would be, how that character would walk, how that character would sound when he speaks, how he's thinking, and then working on the consistency of that throughout. And so the biggest challenge for me, I think was just was was sort of finding those things and once we found them then the challenge became how to how to stay in them and i would say that 
by the end of it or by the middle of it, there was a, there was a, a definitely like a switch for me where I could switch back and forth. And at times I needed to, cause I was also producing. So there would be times where I would not just come out of character from the scene, but have to go and deal with something from the responsibility. So, but that was fun. I mean, that's what I love doing is, is having that challenge. Tell us about some of the other actors in the movie. Who did you work with the most? Uh, I mean, I got to work with some amazing people on this, on this film. Um, you know, Lou Diamond Phillips. I, I've been a fan of his for a long time. He was just talk about someone really being natural on screen and consistent. Uh, he was all of those things. And I remember actually doing one of our first scenes early in the day and he kind of gave me a nod after we finished the take, like, like kind of like a, like that was a good job, you know, like kind of like one of those, like, yeah. And I was like, Holy cow, Lou Diamond Phillips <laughs> gave me the, the, the compliment nod, <laughs> you know, cause I was just sitting there going, wow, I'm getting to work with Lou Diamond Phillips and, and, and same with Penelope Ann Miller. You know, she was fantastic and just, you know, exudes emotion to the point where I was just trying to, to in a way, keep up, but also stay true to my character. And, and then, and then of course, you know, Sean Astin, you know, really brought something different to the table for himself than what we've seen in in some of his you know comedic abilities and then of course there's always mickey rourke <laughs> who uh is the epitome of you know when i talked about how how an actor walks or or speaks um you know he is so in character even his ears are in character so i learned i learned a lot from uh from working with him where i mean it's to the point where i remember uh, there was a, a scene and I don't, I don't remember how like my wife or mom saw this like bit, but you know, in the, in the movie, he's walking with a cane and I think my wife said, Oh, you know, is he like, okay. Like, did you have to add that cane in? I was like, no, 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 that's, that's his character. You know, he was like working out <laughs> in between camera setups and doing sit-ups and push-ups and lifting weights. And, you know, he's Mickey Rourke. He's in his 60s with a six-pack, you know. But he is so believable in everything that he does that he didn't just like... It's kind of like the the scene of, a, of an actor. If you're playing drunk, most actors will innately, you know, stumble. But in order to really portray drunk, you're really trying to stay standing. So the focus is on the opposite. So when he's like walking with the cane, he's not like relying on the cane, but he's walking in such a way that you're like, he's trying not to use it. And that's the part that tricked, you know, my, my wife when she saw that, that moment. He's an intense guy. Um, very, I just, every time I think of Mickey Rourke, I have to think about us at the studio working on Pope of Greenwich Village. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mickey and Eric and all of the shenanigans that went on and all of the wonderful things that happened. You know, I think he's a bit larger than life, even off screen. And that's got to be exciting for you uh, to work with somebody like that. And amazed it. And I don't know what he was like on this film, but I was always amazed that he could just be involved in so many things off camera and then all of a sudden phew, just be there. Right. Yeah. And yeah, really, he's, he's, he's very, very intense. And 
and yeah, it was it was incredible <laughs> to to watch him and to work with him. And and I just I just tried to soak it all in. And he really uh, got along well with uh, with Brian A. Metcalf and mm -hmm. kind of took him under his wing. And they ended up going to develop a, another project. So I know that that's you know sort of waiting in the wings as well, uh, which is is also kind of unheard of. It's it's not often that Mickey will will take to a director so well but that speaks uh volumes about my business partner describe for us one scene that you did with maybe with mickey if you want to choose him or with penelope and what happened in the scene and what that was like for you um man yeah i'm trying to think of what scene that i should choose there's so many there's so many great moments in the film and i also don't want to give too much away right um though uh <laughs> uh i i i there is a, a a tire iron that we see in the uh trailer and i know that one of our one of our team members who is uh making all the the dcps for the theatrical release on an early cut when we were taking the film to festivals which we've you know gotten to we've gotten selected for some really really amazing festivals we we actually opened the Francis Porto Film Festival in Portugal, which we got to go to in person before the lockdown in February of 2020. That's nice. And and coming up actually later on this year, we'll be in the Oaxaca Film Festival, which the Golden Globes uh, even write about on their website. If you get into Oaxaca, you should probably submit to the Golden Globes. Nice. Uh, not my words. Those are nice. Golden Globes words. Well, you're getting good reviews. People are liking the movie. The word of mouth on it is really good. Yeah. So, oh, I was saying that I, I, I sidetracked when he was printing a DCP for this, uh, John, uh, in our, you know, post production department for printing the DCPs nicknamed me tire iron Nicholas Okay. Uh, <laughs> instead of Thomas Ian Nicholas. And after you see the film, you will understand why I'm called tire iron Nicholas. So I didn't know if I should pick, you know, I guess, I guess it, in, in regard to the scenes, probably the most intense moment for me was the, the scene with Mickey in the cafe, which I think, I believe there's a, there's a moment in the trailer where my character says, why do you kill? And Mickey says, it's just business. Uh, and so that's the scene I'm referring to. Mm -hmm. And, and that to me was like one of those great intense moments in the film that reminded me of, and I'm not trying to compare myself to De Niro or Pacino, but it reminded me of the movie heat with De Niro and Pacino, you know, sitting, uh, I think at Bob's big boy diner. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's an intensity. And, and at that point, the audience knows a lot more about what the two characters are up to and that the characters, especially Mickey's doesn't know about my character, Ethan. So the intensity and the underlying, uh, you know, sub layers of intensity, it, it was, it, it, it was a real challenge to be able to bring that in, but also exciting at the same time. So how did you meet Brian Metcalf? How did you guys first start it? Cause this is like what your fourth film with him or, and you're producing, you're producing partners now. 
yeah, our sort of business model is we both produce um, and then I act in the film. Although now that he has done years of training, uh, he actually plays Dante in this film, in Adverse. Um, the sort of <laughs> drug lord that, uh, you know, works for Mickey Rourke's character. Um, so he's sort of like who we think is the main bad guy. And then we kind of find out that, you know, there, there's always there's always someone higher up the food chain. Yeah. And Brian is is great in, in the film. Our thing is, you know, he he's a great writer and a great director. And we met years and years ago on a, a one of my first projects. He actually came on to to be the uh the storyboard artist and help with visual effects which is a lot of his background in uh vfx he was the vp of several vfx post houses around los angeles at a very young age in fact we worked on that together and then as a return favor he asked me to be in a trailer concept for what became our first film that we produced together and from there it just kind of you know grew into what we what we have now as our business partnership and we're gearing up to move into the television world now and so we've got a a tv show that is in development that very soon we'll we'll start writing and and in and amongst all of the challenges of of covid uh be you know filming you know probably by like may of this year well i think uh crews are still out there they're still filming it's just more difficult and more challenging and for some of them a little annoying you know um but you have to do it you got to keep working it can be done i mean my my son um is taking a you know a step towards following in my footsteps and he booked uh, an M night movie, uh, entitled old. So we were actually in the Dominican Republic in September, October, and part of November for him to, to film. And we were doing, you know, three COVID tests a week and I yeah. was wearing a mask all day long. And he obviously took his off to be in front of camera, but was, and, and it was a hundred degrees and oh. humid. And, uh, and you know, we came back unscathed. And I think in a, in a crew of 200, there was only two two cases, so it can be done for sure. That's not, I was going to ask you about him. So he's following in Daddy's footsteps. That's great. At least That's for great. a moment. We'll see. We'll see how <laughs> uh, we'll see how much that continues because I I sort of plan on taking on the same, I guess, tone that my mom did, where you know it's more his choice. It's you know just like it was my choice. I don't want to push him in that direction. Um, but he, he had a blast and, uh, I, you know, I remember at the end of, uh, at the end of filming, he told M Knight, he goes, M Knight, I'll always audition for your movies. Oh, cute. I know. Right. How old is nine. He? He's nine. He's, he's nine. nine. He turned, he turned nine while we were shooting there. Oh, he's so adorable. His voice on your answering machines just makes me smile. Oh my gosh. And that that uh that outgoing message is from when he was like three years old. So cute. And so yeah, it's it's pretty funny, but I don't have the heart to delete it. I'm like no. like I gotta record it somewhere. Uh, you know, just because it's it's so cute having my then three year olds, you know, tell everyone that he, they've reached 
Thomas Nicholas and to leave a message. He's probably going to be incredibly embarrassed when he gets into high school and that thing is still on your machine. I don't think he knows it's there. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> anytime he calls me, if you know, if I was, if I'm out, you answer. Um, I answer. So yeah, of course. I don't know that he knows that he's <laughs> there. He would probably be pretty upset with me. Oh, I think it's got to be fun for you, though, to have a child that is interested in your work. My kids grew up on movie sets uh, their whole lives and, you know, got neither one of them went into my business. <laughs> I don't know what that tells you. I got a doctor and a lawyer. So <laughs> it tells you they're tell? smarter than us. Serena, unfortunately. <laughs> so, you know, I thought my son was was smart until he decided to follow in my footsteps. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. So adverse is coming out. In a couple of weeks. Do we have an exact date for it? Yes. Uh, Friday, February 12th is the uh, the release date into theaters. And where do people go to find out where to go to see it? They can go to adversethefilm.com mm-hmm. and uh, we will list, you know, all the theaters and what mm-hmm. links that we can. Obviously, the the trailer that was put together by by Lionsgate is on Fandango mm-hmm. and that premiered on January 12th. So I'm assuming that there would be links to any of the theaters that are using right. Fandango ticket platform. Although I don't know if, if every theater does. So, you know, we'll, we'll definitely have a list on our website of the cities and locations. I'm sure, I'm sure if it's playing in the theaters that are listed with Fandango, they'll be able to, to figure it out. Let's talk for a minute because you, you have such an interesting background. You've got the producing and the business side of things. And then you have this amazing acting career, which I really believe is just going to explode. I think this must have been fun for you to try a different kind of role with this film. But you also mentioned to me in the correspondence that you've been using OWC equipment for a long time. And that's how I got to meet them. I was using OWC equipment years and years ago, and this is OWC radio. So since we have the the um, coincidence here, I wanted to ask you, how do you use the equipment and what do you have over there? Uh, well, my, my first sort of, before actually even knowing anyone at OWC, uh, 10 years ago, when I was upgrading my RAM in my my Macintosh laptop, it was sort of like, where do you go to, you know, get trustworthy equipment? And and the first thing that, if, you know, my all my friends told me was, oh, you want to just get OWC to upgrade the RAM. It'll be more affordable than, you know, than going to like the Mac store. And if you didn't order it that way, they don't really like want you to upgrade but owc kind of gives you all that ability and because of that upgrade i was able to use this laptop for 10 years which is a pretty long time for a macbook pro um and so then when we were doing the uh the 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 festival circuit you know we were kind of we we at that point we didn't necessarily know where the film was going yet and we we, you know, we knew that we had to get it out to, to Portugal. And so it was kind of like the, it was a no brainer. If you want reliable gear, that's robust, that's going to make it through international FedExing, then, you know, you got to get an OWC. So we did the, the Envoy pro drive 
which they had a four terabyte drive with USB-C or Thunderbolt. I mean, I know there's a whole thing about which one's which. I think the one I'm using right now is Thunderbolt 3. Actually, I'm recording this to the Envoy Pro because it's so fast. It's so fast. That was the thing yeah. that we we saw was, you know, the the movie file at 4K resolution. It was like, man, if you copy this to a regular drive, you're going to be waiting for hours uh, and the Envoy Pro was was super fast, um, and that w- that's what we used to send it to to Portugal for them to ingest the film uh, into the theater there. And then, um, and we've used it. We used it actually during our deliverables process. So we had the rolling deliveries, and so we got into the Mercury Elite Pro Duo mm-hmm. just because we needed two of them, and so they were a little bit more affordable. And so we were able to like put deliverables on, send them to the post or to, to Lionsgate. And then sort of like when they needed new stuff, we'd trade them. (laughs) We'd give them, you know, the other drive that we had and get back our other one and then kind of keep that rolling delivery going. So we, we, and we never had any issues with it. So I think on the next project, our plan, Brian and I are saying is we're going to exclusively use OWC drives for you know all of our 4k and 6k uh footage oh i'm sure they're going to be excited to hear that you know they're um larry o'connor and all the people over there really care about their customers they really do that's really how i got started i mean i was at the berlin film festival years ago and i had an old um, macbook laptop and it started to die, and I knew that I needed to replace the hard drive in it, so I I replaced it with an OWC SSD drive. And first of all, the thing became really fast, really efficient, and like you, it lasted for years and years right. and years. And Larry loves to hear that because he's really green over there, you know. I'm going to tell him you said that. He's going to be really excited. Then, then uh, my wife's laptop. You know, she was she was run into an issue, and she had the MacBook that you couldn't update the the RAM on. So then I said, well, if you clear up some of your hard drive space, it'll probably operate a little faster. So then she got that little. Uh, she bought that little uh, OWC SSD USB drive that has like mm-hmm. a terabyte on it. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's the size of your thumb. And I was like, because, you know, it just makes it easier if you're like working, you know, on the kitchen table, you don't want to have like cords around the kids. So I was like, you could just clear up your heart. I mean, that thing's a terabyte and her laptop itself is like 256 gigs, you know? Yeah. Uh, And then, (laughs) yeah, it's hilarious. And then also, I don't want to forget that thanks to to Larry, uh, we actually sent the adverse trailer to space. And back. Uh, Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I forgot about that. You did do that. Yeah, we did. I did that with a couple things. (laughs) We sent the adverse trailer. And then I also got to, on the side, I'm starting a kids project that I've had on the back burner for like 10 years of uh, music made for kids that's, you know, fun and sometimes educational. So that's called the robot kid. So I sent that up too. But that's that's another story. That's nice. Oh, that's nice. You were just... um... You're doing so many different things. I don't know how you keep track of it all. So <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> a lot of coffee. <laughs> now, was Adverse post-produced in L.A.? Where was it shot? Where was it post-produced? Uh, we shot it around Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. We did, oh my goodness, probably like 25 locations. Um, 
you know, from like the Viper Room and downtown Los Angeles and rooftops and uh, and in the valley. And yeah, we we did all the post production in Los Angeles as well. How long did it take to shoot it? Uh, it was a 25 day shoot. That's pretty um, quick. Although we did. Or was it 22 days? No, I'm now. Now I'm now I'm forgetting. Maybe it was. It was somewhere. It was somewhere between twenty and twenty-five days. Under thirty. Under thirty days. Yes. <laughs> there you it was go. Definitely under thirty. Definitely under thirty. <laughs> and then post-produced in LA as well. Yeah. Yeah, we uh we had our because like like I said, Brian comes from the visual effects background, so he had access to some amazing you know VFX artists that you know and 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 we 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 got Brian to kind of oversee it, uh, you know, mm -hmm. himself. And, you know, he, it wasn't even just like him as a director saying, Oh, I don't like how that looks. It was like, Oh, here, let me fix that. And then he could just, you know, dive right into whatever program he was using to, to fix it. And, and he, you know, also had a, a, a real hands-on approach to the color correction. So the look of the film is, is not, I mean, it's, it really is Brian's vision in, in all ways that one can consider. I was going to ask you always, you're anticipating my questions I, because I was going to tell you the color looks really good and wondering, assuming that Brian was really good at that. So the film's been referred to as neo-noir. Yes. Right? So it's kind of dark. It's definitely not a comedy. <laughs> How do you take that home at night? You've got a child at home and a wife and is it hard to get away from the intensity of what you're doing during the day? Does it affect you at night? I did a lot of night shooting too. So yeah, we did a lot of night shooting. So, uh, so it really would have to affect me during the day. There you go. I, you know, I like, like most guys, I, I'm, I'm very good at compartmentalizing. <laughs> and so, well, you have to be got to yeah. keep that relationship going. I mean, even just just a few minutes before, you know, doing this interview, uh, I'm I'm setting up my my space, getting my lights on, getting my you know LED curtain up, and and then I hear like my my because you know obviously we're still in lockdown here in LA. Yeah. So I've got two two kids. Uh, you know, Nolan is nine and Zoe is four. So my wife's making lunch and then something else happened and I needed to help with it. I'm like, I'm about to do this. It okay, I'll come and do it. And Deep then of breath. course I was I yeah, I was I was definitely like, you know, not super dad. I was more like, you know, aggravated dad. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, no one's perfect. What can I say? <laughs> Especially me. No, well, I really appreciate it. I know you're busy, but we're really excited about the film and we're all wishing you the best and I know the folks at OWC are very proud of the fact that you're using their equipment. That's what they exist for, is to make us happy. And uh, they're always glad to hear that. So I'm uh, break a leg. Thank Just you. break a leg in the next couple of weeks. I really want to see it in the theater. So hopefully I'll be able to do that. Um, yeah, where, where, where are you, Serena? I'm in San Diego. Because I know we're in the, the some of the Galaxy theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Imagine theaters, a lot of the California theaters are, you know, closed. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've, we're not doing so well here with uh, our our safety and numbers uh, and rate of infection yeah. and all that stuff. So 
looking on the positive, you're spending more time with your family and you do have time to really think about all of these things in your life that you're working on. I know for me, I'm not traveling. Obviously, I was spending probably two thirds of every year on the road or in production or whatever. So now I'm I'm home a lot more. You know, I was, I was saying, yeah, it's, it's it's a very strange. My wife is a touring DJ, so her life is totally on the road. And I also have my band. So it's it's been a, a big adjustment for us to to be home. And and it's it, there's definitely a positive thing. I think the the thing that's the toughest for us is looking at our daughter, who's four that she had just started like one month of preschool right before everything went on lockdown. And she's very much like going, when do I get to go back and see my friends? Like, when do I get to start school again? And so that's, that's been probably the, the toughest thing is, you know, just seeing what it's going to do to, to that sort of age bracket, right? you know? Yeah. Tell us about your band. I want to know about your band. I, I was going to ask you about that and I forgot. I'm glad you mentioned it again. Tell us about your music. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been uh, I've been playing and touring for like the last 10, 12 years, maybe a little bit longer than that, but we'll really only talk about the last 10 to 12. <laughs> and then during this time of being sort of, you know, on lockdown, I had when I went to Portugal, I did a UK tour. Uh, and had the first single of the year drop. And then I've kind of just, you know, gone to online, you know, this is my, this is my concert room for all my live streaming events. Uh, so I've been doing, I've been doing a, uh, a Patreon account for the new, uh, music. So we've released four singles. I've done 36 consecutive Sunday, uh, concerts right from this space right here. And so number 37 is coming up in a couple of days. Today's, I don't know. Yeah. In a couple of days. I don't know. My God, you don't have anything to do. So where do we go to see it? Tell people where to go. Uh, Just to Patreon to patreon.com forward slash uh, tin band, T I N band. And so we've got more singles coming out in March and April. So, you know, trying to release a song probably about every six weeks right now. That's awesome. Music is so important. I tell everybody that's having a hard time during this lockdown and everything that's going on, just listen to music. Find some music that you love and turn it on and listen to it and you'll find your whole mindset will change. It'll give you the energy that you need to keep going and do something wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. So. My that's that's uh my my daughter, my son has been playing piano for about 5 or 6 years. My daughter, after watching uh, the Trolls 2 movie, really became aware of like what mommy and daddy do for a living with music. And so now she's determined that she's going to be a rock star. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thomas, congratulations on everything you're doing. You've got to be so happy and so proud. Lovely family. Great work on both the film and the music side and the producing side. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you for for taking the time to 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 talk with me today about adverse and and help get <laughs> yes. the word out. Yeah, I'm, I'm very very proud of uh, of this film and and the work that I got to to showcase and really you know let people see a, a brand new side. I've I've always said that I'm kind of like the fighter who spent 
you know, 30 some odd years pretending that I'm left-handed and I'm really right-handed. So now I'm turning my stance and showing my drama. So I'm excited awesome. for, for everyone to, to see the real thing that I love doing in, uh, in the acting world. So tell us again the websites you want people to go to learn more about you and the film. Adversethefilm.com is where you can find the, the current trailer right now. And, and of course, all the list of all the, the theaters that you can catch it in. And then in the future, it'll be where you can go to, to figure out what platforms it will be available awesome. on. Well, break a leg on all of this. Thank you. And you go have a wonderful day. And everybody, you know what I always tell you, get up off your chairs and go do something wonderful today. This is Serena Catania with OWC Radio. I'm with Thomas Ian Nicholas, and we're talking about his new film coming out, Adverse, his wonderful concerts on Patreon, and life in what's going to be a very fast lane for you. Congratulations to Brian Metcalf as well. And we will see you in the theaters hopefully very soon. I'm signing off. You guys have a great day. Thank you. 